Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today we're going to be talking about how to save yourself and your loved ones from coronavirus. That's what everybody wants to know, right? Well, um, as you may already know, I have been doing a series of uh, Dr. Carol's Couch episodes about coronavirus. Um, I did one about the coronavirus stress syndrome and um, talked about the coronavirus stress test. In other words, I put together a test, a 10-point test, 10 symptoms of coronavirus stress syndrome. And if you have three of them, then you have coronavirus stress syndrome. But uh, ironically, I guess sadly, Uh, a number of the things that seemed like an overreaction to coronavirus uh, are now things that we are being told to do, like the most extreme thing was um, number 10, staying at home until the virus passes. Well, now many of us are being told that that's what we have to do. Uh, Of course, that doesn't mean that it's not necessarily an overreaction on people's parts, um, but that's, you know, some of the, some of the uh, I guess the way we look at some of these things on the test have changed. I then did last week um, a show about cobicide. That is the term that I have coined to mean suicide because of fear or desperation related to coronavirus, which could be fear of getting the disorder, the disease, Um, or things that are happening uh, in connection with it, like, for example, being in isolation that in itself can cause loneliness and stress and suicidal thoughts. So if you haven't listened to those previous shows, please go back and do that. Today, again, uh, today's show is How to Save Yourself and Your Loved Ones from Coronavirus, which in a sense is what the other two shows are about as well, the previous ones, but they look at different aspects. Today, um, you know, each, so each of these shows, uh, each week until this pandemic has passed, I plan to, or if there's something else that happens, like a terror attack, which could well still happen. This is a time, actually, when terrorists are uh, using as propaganda, urging uh, followers urging wannabe jihadists to perpetrate terror attacks because we are all so distracted by coronavirus and all the uh, government um, resources are being directed towards coronavirus. And so if there were a terror attack, we would be <laughs> up the creek. So anyhow, um, so, you know, if, if that happens, I'll be talking about that. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to be talking about different aspects of coronavirus with the purpose being to help you save yourself and your loved ones, uh, t- taking into consideration these new aspects. 
So um, today I want to start with talking about some dangerous pranks that uh, people are doing in relation to coronavirus. And I thought this would be particularly apropos today since we're coming up on April 1st, which is April Fool's Day, which is when people like to play pranks. Now, you can bet (laughs) that not only are people going to continue to do pranks, uh, despite coronavirus, but even in, not just in spite of, but actually using coronavirus as the subject of the prank. So I'm going to give you some examples of uh, such things that have been done so far, and um, and you can see just how obnoxious they are. Now, you know, um, the question is, uh, well, let me preface this by telling you that um, the Justice Department has sent out a memo saying that if anyone perpetrates a prank involving coronavirus that um, endangers people in some way uh, by saying they have coronavirus or various things, which I'll, I'll give you some examples, that they can be and some have already been arrested on terrorist threat charges, depending upon how serious the so-called prank was, people could be put in jail for life. So, um, lest you think that that is too harsh a punishment, let me tell you some of these examples. Um, Now, some of these people (laughs) are, the main reason why people are doing this, I'm I'm talking about unconscious reasons, Um, the main reason is because they're scared. And this is a, and they're in denial about uh, just how dangerous coronavirus is, or they're in denial. I mean, some have different, different amounts of each. Um, but it's like what little kids do, little kids on the playground. If they are afraid of something, they tell their friends, <laughs> their friends, <laughs> so-called, um, stories about it, sometimes based upon the fact that they really don't understand it either. Like, for example, this was um, an exa- a long-time example is terrorism, that when a terrorist attack happens and the kids don't understand it and they're scared about it, they tell their friends um, because they want to scare kids to other kids. Uh, so that this, in a way, helps them to deny how scared they are or to pretend that they're not scared and that they're the ones in control and, and, by, and these other kids who, are, who, who they have now terrified, you know, um, it makes them feel better, that it makes them feel more powerful. Then, of course, some of these pranks I'm going to tell you about uh, were done by narcissists simply to get attention. These were people who um, want to get more clout on social media, pranksters, um, 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 influencers, who want to get more influence and more clout and more followers and more likes. And so they have been doing pranks and filming them and posting them on social media. Then, of course, we have the borderline people, borderline personality people, who um, are just rather mixed up and um, and and very affected by the scare, being scared 
uh, about coronavirus, and um, they don't really have a uh, and a way of appreciating just how it is affecting the people who they pull the pranks on. And a lot of this also, I mean, as I said, it's based on fear for the most part and also a feeling of lack of control over coronavirus. So this is a way by pulling these pranks that they can feel like they're in control. It's also about the uncertainty that there is in regard to how this is all going to end. And it's also about um, the draconian rules that have been put into place by various mayors and governors telling, forcing people, not just, not just advising them to stay in their home, but making it a mandate and putting out fines, you know, um, misdemeanors uh, if, you, if they're found like on beaches and things like that and, um, and a, with a fine as a punishment. And um, so some people, you know, want to be rebellious against this, what I consider somewhat of a misuse of authority because they are not acknowledging the downside of uh, isolation and giving all the facts that, that isolation and loneliness in itself can cause lots of physical and psychological problems. All right. So now for the examples. Um, there was a man named uh, George Falcone in New Jersey. He was charged with making terrorist threats. And he allegedly coughed at a worker in a supermarket and then said that he was infected um, with the coronavirus. Uh, he, the state attorney general in New Jersey, put out a statement saying the employee was concerned, the employee who he coughed on, was concerned that Falcone was standing too close to her and an open display of prepared foods. So she requested that he step back as she covered the food. Instead, Falcone allegedly stepped forward to within three feet of her, leaned towards her, and purposely coughed. He allegedly laughed and said he was infected with the coronavirus. Falcone subsequently told two other employees they are lucky to have jobs. Now, he was 50 years old. Now, what do you think could be the cause of his doing this? Uh, besides, you know, poor judgment and so on. I mean, it seems to me, um, I don't know him personally, didn't uh, examine him, but uh, having told two other employees that they're lucky to have jobs, it would seem to me that he was probably laid off or fired from his job or lost his business or something and was jealous and resentful that these other employees had their jobs, still had their jobs. Mind you, um, these people who work in the grocery stores where there are lots of customers uh, are putting themselves at risk. You know, some of them have gotten uh, coronavirus, COVID, um, because of being exposed to so many people. And, of course, because so many people don't know that they are, if they don't have symptoms, don't know that they have COVID-19. So anyhow, also one wonders, one has to wonder, since the employee was a woman, whether there was some, um, you know, resentment on particularly towards her, a woman having a job when he, a 50-year-old man, doesn't. Then we have the people um, 
like what I was talking about, people who are uh, internet, internet, wannabe internet stars, uh, so wannabe that they are willing to do feats that have put them at, in danger of catching coronavirus. So we have, for example, a 26-year-old Missouri man named Cody Lee Feister, and he was arrested also um, for terrorist threats. He uh, posted pictures, posted video of himself licking items at a Walmart to mock fears of the pandemic. He was licking deodorants, and he wiped his t- as he wiped his tongue across the packages, he said to the camera, who's scared of coronavirus? Now, this bravado uh, is what we call psychologically, it's a, a psychological defense called uh, reaction formation. That is where you are actually feeling a certain way that you are afraid people will disapprove of, in this case, fear, you know, um, and you mask it by doing the opposite. So he, he um, risked his health by licking all these deodorants on the shelf at a, at a store in a Walmart, you know, lots of people passing by, probably touching the deodorants that he touched, that he licked. And um, he asked, he said to the camera, who's scared of coronavirus? So he was trying to prove to everybody that he's not scared. You know, who's afraid of the big bad wolf? I'm not afraid of the big bad wolf or coronavirus. And it, as it turned out, the police department in his town in Missouri, Warrington, um, got calls from not only the local residents, but people overseas like the Netherlands, Ireland, and the United Kingdom. And they reported, they called the police in Missouri to report what this guy was doing. And then he got arrested. Um, so, again, charged with terrorist threats because of this U.S. Department of Justice memo that says Americans who deliberately expose and infect others with coronavirus could face federal terrorism charges. Um, And it, of course, depends upon the intent. And this is because coronavirus is being considered an agent of bioterrorism. So... um, And even just threats or attempts to use it as a weapon. Now, you know, we don't know yet. uh, It hasn't been reported yet whether this particular uh, man had coronavirus or not. He probably doesn't, you know, I don't know if he knew one way or the other. Then, um, Then there is this thing going around on social media called the Coronavirus Challenge. And this is um, suggesting or, in, or uh, what, daring people to, um, to lick toilet bowls. I mean, even if there wasn't the coronavirus, can you imagine licking a toilet bowl, a public toilet bowl, not a toilet bowl in your home that you have just <laughs> cleaned with Lysol or some other uh, cleaning agents, but a public toilet bowl? I mean, how gross is that? and dangerous. And so now, of course, with coronavirus, it's a lot more uh, gross, (laughs) gross, dangerous, and so on. So there was, there is a man, a TikTok personality named Lars, who posted footage of himself 
actually now in a in a hospital bed, but he had posted footage of himself licking toilets. Just days after he posted a video of himself licking a toilet for this challenge, he then posted footage of himself in a hospital bed and saying, I tested positive for coronavirus. Now, he's 21 years old, and he's from Beverly Hills. And this just proves that idiocy knows no socioeconomic restrictions. People poor or rich can be idiots. Um, and we don't know, I mean, it's not sh- sure, it's not definite yet whether he really does have uh, coronavirus or whether this footage, you know, showing himself in a ho- hospital bed was just, um, was just uh, posed to, as a follow-up, you know, to get, again, more likes and followers. Then there is um, another guy by the name of Gay Sean Mendez who posted a video of himself running his tongue across the public toilet as part of this coronavirus challenge as well. I mean, there are, apparently there are uh, many more people who did this. And, I mean, really? <laughs> then, of course, there are virus rebels um, who are people who are organizing parties. So, like in San Francisco, there was one such person who um, uh, advertised having a party at a cocktail club and selling tickets from $5 to $780. For $780, you could get a VIP package of tickets, a private booth, and two premium bottles, presumably, of champagne. Uh, However, you could have gotten that, but the San Francisco City Attorney put an end to that, and there will be no such party. Well, we need to take a break at this point. When we come back, I'll give you a few more examples of these pranksters, and um, then we will go on to something else that is equally as shocking uh, and, and even more dangerous, not just to the individuals doing the pranks, but to our society, the world as a whole. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about how to save yourself and your loved ones from coronavirus. One way, of course, is not to (laughs) pull these pranks, such as licking toilet bowls. Um, And by the way, um, it's not just coronavirus that you could theoretically get from licking a toilet bowl, but there are all kinds of nasty uh, germs that you can get from doing that. Uh, so, so for all different re- it is not worth however many likes and followers you could get on social media because really they're all thinking that you're an idiot. All right, let me tell you a few more of these pranks. And again, the reason why I'm talking about this particular aspect today is because we are coming up to April Fool's Day on April 1st when people play pranks, in any case, uh, just normally (laughs) for the day. Um, And there will be more pranks played using coronavirus as, um, as the topic. And please, this is to warn you and tell your friends uh, not to do this. One, because you might get arrested and be accused, charged with a terrorist threat. And two, because um, it, it is really, it's really cool at a time when, when everyone is worried about getting COVID-19. So here's another example that proves that point. There are these Instagram comedians um, who normally post videos of skits and pranks on the New York City subways. That's their thing. And so for coronavirus, um, they did a prank where they dressed in hazmat suits and they poured a bucket of Kool-Aid on a New York City subway train car. And the the Kool-Aid looked like blood and they basically were saying that that's what this was. Um, And they, they said that it was it was blood with coronavirus in it. It, it didn't. In fact, it was Kool-Aid. It didn't have coronavirus in it. This was in Brooklyn, by the way, and it was uh, the two brilliant uh, people who did this prank were 17-year-old David Flores and 19-year-old Morris Cordwell, both from Queens. And um, so they took video of it, of course, to post. And some of the people in the video seemed to catch on that it was a joke, and then other people screamed and jumped up from the train's seats to avoid this liquid as it was traveling around along the subway floor. 
you know, tried to get out of the way of the liquid. I mean, really? Then, of course, there's something going on. Um, you know, a lot of teachers are doing classes on, um, on YouTube or on Zoom or on, well, in this, for these pranks, it would be Zoom or Skype and um, doing, giving their class. Well, there are hackers who are hacking, who think it's a riot, to hack into uh, these classes and with porn or hate speech or various rude noises. That's another kind of prank. You know, kids aren't traumatized enough by all this. They need to have these hackers, you know, showing them pornography and, and so on and hate speech. And hate images. Um, then we have a Canadian man who was on a plane from Toronto to Jamaica. And he was 29 years old, and he jumped up, and he started to tell the crew and the passengers that he had recently been to China, and he now had coronavirus. And he, um, he was 29 years old. And they gave him a mask and gloves. They moved him to the rear of the plane. And another traveler there reported that he started taking selfies as a hoax to post on YouTube. He was doing this whole thing as a hoax to post on YouTube. But, of course, this forced the flight to turn back because, you know, they didn't know, they didn't know how real it was. And uh, they didn't want to keep going. And so they turned back. They were two, it was two hours into its journey. And, um, and they went back to, uh, to Toronto with this man because other places wouldn't take them, actually, interestingly enough. Then we have two people who were charged in a prank in a, a suburban sh- Chicago store. Um, they, um, Tyler Wallace was the main guy, and he was, uh, he sprayed Lysol inside a Walmart, announcing that he had coronavirus, and, um, he had a, 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 a co-conspirator, a 17-year-old, who were, was with him. So this, um, Tyler Wallace put on a surgical mask. And he had a, a homemade sign on his back that said, um, caution, I have the coronavirus. So he had the mask, the sign, and he's spraying Lysol on products in, um, in Walmart. And so he was arrested. They were both arrested, actually. Well, he, actually, he turned himself in, and then the uh, 17-year-old who was with him was arrested. Then we have a woman who was um, coughing on food in a Pennsylvania store that made them throw away $35,000 worth of produce uh, and other products. And um, this, she came into the store, she purposely coughed on our, it was mainly the fresh produce, and a small, oh, produce and a small section of the bakery meat case and groceries. So in other words, the items that were exposed, not necessarily just cans, um, of course that wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to be sold either really, 
but especially produce, bakery goods, and meat. And um, so she was whisked away, whisked out of the store, and sent for a mental health evaluation because apparently, and she's going to be uh, uh, tested for coronavirus, apparently she was thought to be insane, um, not just mischievous. And then I saved the best for last. Um, a woman named Ava Louise, who apparently has been on Dr. Phil a few times. She's 22, and she is the one who um, who began the uh, the coronavirus challenge. Um, Ava Louise, 22, she went viral when she was seen posted a video of herself on TikTok. Um, licking a toilet bowl. Now, she is an aspiring singer and self-described skinny legend. She is pretty skinny. (laughs) Um, And Dr. Phil, of course, was criticizing what she did. And she said that she was tempted to cough on him. She told him, I'll pull up and I'll cough on you. And he said he called her spoiled and entitled. Well, duh, yeah. Um, that, that he's right. Um, and she said, listen to this. I was like really annoyed that Corona was getting more publicity than me. I just don't think that this is as concerning as possibly it could be because I don't have coronavirus. I don't have any symptoms. No one I know has symptoms. And she said she went on spring break and she still feels healthy. So coronavirus can't cause anything serious, according to her. Uh, Presumably she was, (laughs) maybe she was on one of the beaches in Florida or otherwise socializing. Um, Then um, she claimed that, you know, she licked the toilet seats and this was for clout. Well, yeah. And then Dr. Phil asked her, if you infect one person that loses their life, is it worth it for you to have this attention? Yeah, she answered. Now, she should be arrested <laughs> for something. I mean, that this is, in case you're wondering what a psychopath or a sociopath is, in other words, someone who really doesn't give a damn about other people, that would be Ava Louise. I mean, so determined to get attention that she doesn't care if somebody dies because of what she does. Well... Let's go on to talk about something else. And and as I was saying, this is even worse um, because we're talking about something that endangers more than the life of a person who um, licks a toilet seat. This is something that will put many people's lives in danger. And that is something that was just announced by the World Health Organization, you know, who we're depending upon to give us uh, information and help us, help protect us from coronavirus, you know, those people. Um, They have started a campaign called Play Apart Together. It's a hashtag, Play Apart Together. And this hashtag is to bring attention to their campaign, which is telling people that what they should do when they isolate themselves is to play video games. Now, 
That would be bad in itself, and I'll tell you why. But what makes it even worse is the fact that the WHO, World Health Organization, had in 2018 and 2019 classified something called gaming disorder, which is an addiction to video games, in their international classification of diseases. In other words, calling it a mental disorder. So they're saying that an addiction to video games uh, is a a mental disorder, which it is. It's a kind of addiction. And so, okay, so great, they did that. And um, why now are they uh, promoting that people should stay inside and play video games. Now, what they're trying to say is that um, this is a way to get people to listen to the authorities, the governors and the mayors and so on, who are telling you to stay inside. And so the idea would be, well, if you know, maybe more people would stay inside if they played video games. I mean, I don't think you really need to encourage people who play video games to play video games once they're isolated. This is their, you know, this is great for them, more time to play video games. And uh, it is very easy to get addicted to playing video games because you get rewarded for, you get points, rewards for winning, for killing more people mostly, um, or raping women, or doing other things that are um, bad for society. So, uh, so why would the WHO, after cl- calling it an ad- calling an addiction to video games uh, a mental disorder, why would they now team up with the gaming industry to promote this whole idea of playing video games, play apart together? Well, I call me cynical. But um, I'm very familiar with this. I have testified before Congress three times about the dangers of violent media, not just video games, but violent TV shows, violent films, um, and, of course, violent video games. And I have given all kinds of uh, lectures to the Hollywood community, Writers Guild. We had a big, um, uh, there was a huge meeting uh, a while ago uh, with all the people, major people from, the, from Hollywood, you know, the creators of movies and television shows, at that time, that was more popular. This was before video games uh, took over in popularity. But, um, so this is not something that I am just saying willy-nilly off the cuff today. I have spent years warning people about the dangers of violent media. I was the head of the National Coalition on TV Violence. Also, um, so what is, what is my problem with violent media and violent video games? The problem is that there have been study after study after study that all around the world um, over many years that have proven that the more violent media a person consumes, the more aggressive they become. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be going out and becoming serial killers, but it does mean that people are becoming more aggressive. Now, maybe, um, maybe they won't be a serial killer, but they will be um, 
someone who would commit road rage, for example, or child abuse or domestic violence. Now, um, when coronavirus, when the pandemic is over, there will have been people dying from it. Food will have been scarce. Uh, in terms of, you know, not necessarily, well, it depends where you live and it depends how long this goes on and it depends upon the food sources. I'm not trying to scare anybody um, at this point. But certainly a lot of people aren't getting their favorite foods. I can tell you that <laughs> that's happening right now. I mean, no, no, not only toilet paper is scarce, but some people's favorite foods. It's so interesting. Unfortunately, the... Uh, there is a fair amount of vegetables and fruit um, left on the shelves, <laughs> but some of the uh, some of the comfort food uh, things are are growing somewhat scarce. And then we will have had all kinds of financial problems with unemployment and people losing jobs, people losing their businesses. Um, the stock market going up and down like a roller coaster, and so there will be some poverty. And so here we release out into society when when coronavirus is over, released into society will be all these people who have been encouraged by the World Health Organization, no less, to um, to play video games and what for weeks or months. Um, at least weeks, and, you know, what happens, even if you were never addicted before, if you start playing them for weeks and months, you will become addicted. It's just like if you start, if you never smoked cigarettes, and you start smoking them because you're feeling anxious, um, being cooped up inside, you could become addicted to it. I mean, that does not take very much of a stretch to understand that. So we're going to be releasing all these people who, um, whose have become, who have consumed all these hours of violent video games, and they are going to be unleashed into society while there are people who will be angry and fragile and, um, become, and, and suffer, will have suffered in various ways for all these weeks. And here comes all these people who have been trained, essentially, to become aggressive, if not seriously violent. That is not a good scenario to envision. It's like an apocalyptic violent movie. So this is a horrendous, um, horrendous, horrendous move by the World Health Organization, no less, who we are depending upon. Very sad. Well, stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? 
Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about how to save yourself and your loved ones from coronavirus. Now, so far I've talked about all these pranks that people are pulling um, about coronavirus, using coronavirus as their uh, subject. And then I've just been telling you about um, World Health Organization and how hypocritical it is because of teaming up with the gaming industry to try to get you to play the violent, well, I should say, there are some video games that are not violent. And if you want to play those, <laughs> be my guest. But the majority of, of video games are violent. And to play those, they didn't make a distinction about what kinds of video games you should play. So clearly, uh, the majority are violent, and they are very dangerous, as I was describing. Um, now, um, you know, the key to this, I want you to know that um, the reason why I'm telling you about all this, now now I'm going to get into the part of the program where I could give you ideas of what to do to try to stay safe. I mean, it was sort of implied, uh, beware of pranksters and, um, and beware of this, uh, this campaign to play video games. There are bad things that will come from that. Um, and now I'm going to talk about some, some, you know, just some basic kinds of good things that you should be doing to protect yourself and to come out of this sane and healthy. Um, I, I, I want to make sure I mention also that uh, it's not just as a psychiatrist that I am talking about these things. It is from my background as well. I mean, I'm not only an MD and a psychiatrist, but um, I have a background, I have a master's in public health that I got at UCLA, and that was sponsored um, by the uh, National uh, NIMH, National Institutes of Mental Health, 
uh, a fellowship to do research. And my research was on how to use the media to uh, prevent mental illness and uh, treat, to, to prevent not just mental illness, but to prevent illness and treat illness. And one of the key concepts that I learned was um, that when you are reporting about some problem, uh, you need to provide solutions. You can't just scare the pants off people by telling them about the scary parts of, of whatever the issue is, coronavirus or, um, you know, some other public health issue. So that is why <laughs> I am going to be, um, the rest of the show today is going to be talking about things that you can do to help yourself during this time. Now, one of the things that I've been taught, first of all, um, I have been, since March 1st approximately, I have been doing um, countless, like round-the-clock, television, radio, and print interviews and Internet interviews um, about all different aspects of coronavirus. And... Um, you know, with the point being to help people, to bring people's attention to things, and so on. And one of the things that I've been talking about is how important it is to adopt a pet. This is the perfect time to adopt a rescue pet. Uh, some, you know, some people have given up their pets during this time because they have, you know, they're like if they lost their job, they don't have enough money to buy dog food or cat food or whatever kind of food for their pet. Um, so, so animals have been dropped off at shelters, but, um, that's unfortunate. Well, for many reasons, it's unfortunate, you know, that they have lost their job and so on, but it's unfortunate they are, that they're giving up their pet because pets are a big comfort during a time like this. Uh, pets, pets not only are cuddly and, you know, um, depend upon you and, and are happy to see you and be with you and you can, you can cuddle them if they don't cuddle you. Like, I know it's a little harder to... Um, I have two cats and a dog and a horse, um, and I cuddle all of them. <laughs> and, and they cuddle me back, actually, even the horse. Um, so... Uh, this would be a great time to do something to rescue pets. I don't make you feel good that you're doing something. You're saving a pet from being killed, first of all. And also, it will give you a purpose for going on. If you start getting really depressed, you know, I did my last uh, show about COVID suicide because of fear or desperation related to coronavirus. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who are, who are getting depressed, especially as this goes on. There are going to be more people getting depressed. So having a pet who depends upon you will give you a purpose in life. Um, also, of course, a big thing that you should do is to avoid spending too much time with fear-mongering media. Mostly that's television that is fear-mongering, but also some radio, some print, some Internet. Um, there are people who are spending time uh, glued to all different kinds of media because they think <laughs> if, that if they leave it for a minute, there's going to be some big announcement that they're going to miss that will be really important. Well, let me tell you, 
that is not really happening. There is not that much changing from one day to the next. Um, You do not need to spend more than five minutes perhaps in the morning and five minutes in the evening, not close to when you're going to go to sleep, to catch up on uh, anything that might be happening that you might need to know. I mean, there's no real reason to know how many people are in your town or city or neighborhood um, that ha- who have coronavirus or COVID and who have died. Because what you need to be focusing on is yourself. In other words, if five people died or 10 people died or 100 people died within your state or whatever it is, um, that doesn't change you. I mean, yes, it makes it a little more risky to go outside, but, but what you need to focus on is making your, you, yourself, more resilient, more resistant to getting sick. And you do that by decreasing the stress level, not watching... Uh, fear-mongering media that makes your stress level go up. And you do that by practicing some of the basic kinds of of self-care that your mother should have taught you um, and probably did in most cases. Uh, That is eating nutritious food, taking vitamins, and also there are over-the-counter things, uh, supplements to build your immune system. And there are... um, there are even teas and things like that to build your immune system. And um, also the basics, you know, getting enough sleep, getting enough exercise. And if you, if you concentrate on that, I mean, even if you're told to stay in, you can m- find a place to take a little walk um, in most places. You know, some places have stricter mandates than others. But if you can get out, it is really important for you to get out. Keep your social distance, but get out. Get sun. Sun, vitamin D, is very important to help you stay healthy. And then, of course, um, you can uh, make a bucket list, not, you know, focusing on the fact, thinking that, oh, I, a bucket list because you're going to die, you know, in a week or something, but, but a bucket list in terms of what you want to get done before the end of the isolation period. When we normally, when we're working, and uh, some of us are workaholics, <laughs> and um, when we're working, we don't really have time to do a lot of things that we want to do, like read some books that we've been wanting to do for a long time or listen to some music that we've been wanting to do or call some friends who we haven't spoken to in ages or, you know, whatever your particular uh, wish list is, a bucket list, create a list and check things off, uh, including calling people. You need to call at least three people a day to warm their hearts. Any kind of people, your family, your friends, your coworkers, people who you haven't spoken to in years, and just call them up to tell them that you're thinking of them and you want them, you're hoping that they're staying safe. And that will not only help these people, but it will help you to feel productive, like you are doing something that is valuable. And, um, of course, there are, there are, 
there are, you know, if you're, you, you know, there are the usual stress relievers like meditation and calm music and, uh, and so on. And, um, and then making plans for what you're going to do when the isolation period is over, giving yourself something to look forward to. So um, that's the positive stuff. <laughs> and uh, be, please pay attention. To, if, you're, if you're alone, if you're isolated and you're alone, um, that's, it's even more important for you to be reaching out and talking to people on the phone, on the Internet, emails, uh, Zoom, Skype, uh, FaceTime, whatever way you can. Um, it is so important for you to be in touch with other people because it, it, there, is a, there is a, as I think I mentioned earlier, there is a lethality, a danger of uh, isolation itself and of loneliness. So you have to make sure, you know, the cure can be worse than, the, than coronavirus. So please make sure you are doing all of these things to keep yourself healthy and to reach out and to be aware if you do speak to people and they're saying things like, oh, I don't know, when this is over, life isn't going to be worth living. I, I, I want to get out of here. This is, you know, this, this life just isn't worth living anymore or it won't be even when coronavirus is over. Things like that. Pay attention Encourage people or even yourself if you're thinking things like that. There is a way to get help. Call, call people who care about you. Call your doctor. Call your therapist uh, if you have one. Or call, ask your doctor, your family doctor, to refer you to a therapist, preferably a psychiatrist. Um, and there's always 911. There are always emergency rooms. Of course, the last place you probably want to go is an emergency room where there are people going who think they have coronavirus. But you can do therapy over the phone um, or over the Internet. So be in touch with someone who can uh, get you to stop thinking these, these gloomy thoughts and um, start doing some of the things that I was saying, planning, making this time valuable. This can be considered a gift. I mean, it's not a gift that people are dying and getting sick, but, but you can make it a gift to yourself if you think of it that way, that this chance to do things that you wish have been wishing you would have time for while you were on your little hamster wheel <laughs> from day to day. So stay well, and thank you for listening to uh, Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.